Welcome to another incredible MedShield Movement Connect Show episode with me, Dr. Fez. And as always, we have brought you somebody very knowledgeable, somebody very well versed in all things health. But today, we're going to be speaking specifically about the skin with dermatologist Dr. Causa. Get ready to know what you don't know about being body brilliant. This is the MedShield Movement Connect Show where we connect the dots between fitness, health, wellness, nutrition, and of course you. Hosted by me, Dr. Fez Mkize, and a special guest that we have every month, sharing knowledge, insights, and groundbreaking tips on how to get fitter, be stronger, and live healthier. Turn up the volume and listen close. Today you amplify. It's the MedShield Movement Connect show. Let's go. Dr. Kos, thank you so much for sitting down with me. I'm very excited because uh, honestly, most of the people who sit here are more about what I want to get out and everybody at home gets it as a secondary thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. It's always interesting for me because I work with so many different people who've specialized and gone into their own preferred field. Mm. As somebody who's a dermatologist, where did that inkling for that specific field come from? And even your story as a medical professional, why did you want to go there? I mean, it's always so difficult. Yeah. Um, I actually just landed in dermatology. Or maybe it's the other <laughs> way around. Maybe dermatology landed on me. Uh, but I must say, um, obviously I went into medical school. Mm. And uh, I mean, you would know, we don't do much dermatology no. during, during medical school training. But I, I must have been in my fourth year of study because that's when they introduced the discipline. Mm. And um, I kind of think maybe I was a natural, but anyway, during one of my exams, one of the consultants approached me mm. and uh, just asked me if you know, if I've ever, ever been ever interested in the subject. And of course I said, no, I don't know much about it. And uh, then they invited me to join the clinic during school holidays. And they said, uh, we see something in you that we like. We think we kind of have an eye for skin. And if you could join us maybe during your holidays and see if you can maybe, you know, build on that. And that's how I got into dermatology. So I started doing, uh, I would say, my rotations in the skin clinic while you were banking. Ah, uh, ah, during love, during school you. holidays, I would go into the skin clinic and I would join them. Um, I did research while I was still in my fifth year of study uh, in dermatology. So when I finished medical school, yeah. I knew that I would just go and work, internship, community service, and then go into and become a registrar in the field. So that's how I got in and that's yeah. how I became a dermatologist. I must say the love and the passion is something that I've gained along the way because, um, I mean, the skin is, is a big thing. Yeah. It's a I big mean, thing. Everybody always likes to say the largest uh, one yeah, in the it's body. A, it's, it, it's, 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 but besides, besides being the largest organ, it, it, it's, it's a topic of discussion for, mm. for everything. We always say that skin conditions are psychosocial, political, mm. because everything is about skin color. Our hair is a topic of a discussion. So dermatology has become a passion and a purpose for me to say. I find it very interesting because you say that and it is an all-encompassing thing. Mm. Um, you, you hear it from the history that we have as a people. I'm yeah. not even going to limit it yes. just to the country. Yes. 
but there's also so many things that it, it, it means for us as people because we present it to the world. Yeah. It's that yeah. interface. It's, mm. it's what you feel conscious of when you feel like you have a something going on in mm. your face. You feel mm. like that actually mm. detracts from you. Yeah. So for you, there's an element of psychology that also comes in. Yeah. Probably a very big one. Yeah. And what yeah. else? Because we, we see you on social media and I've gone through and I've produced I and I have to say, <laughs> sitting next to her, skin is flawless. <laughs> Uh, I love that everything's on brand. But yeah. I find that we talk about the psychological elements on these podcasts as well. What have been some of the more jarring experiences you found with patients when it comes to some of the conditions they've had to work through? Mm. It's a lot. And I mean, you touched on some of the, some of the points that it is your interface. It's mm. how people judge you. It's how you communicate with the world. Um, and and now on a medical perspective, we know that skin conditions, um, you know, some of them affect your quality of life. They really, really, I mean, there's been linked between, links between acne, eczema, these are the chronic ones, psoriasis, with anxiety disorders, with depression. And, uh, and this is not just hearsay, there's been data and research and we know that those things happen. Uh, body dysmorphic disorders, mm -hmm. uh, psychiatric patients who feel better after having, you know, cosmetic operations or cosmetic procedures. So, I mean, on a day-to-day -day basis, I deal with a lot of um, pigmented, you know, darker skin tones. And for us, scarring is a big thing. Um, things like acne that scar yeah. permanently. Like I deal with hair loss, which, which, yeah. which scars, you know, scars women, women you know, a, a lot. So I get a lot of patients that cry in my office. Mm. Um, and typically my consult will start with tears and, you know, we'll go through all of that. Uh, and obviously we end off, you know, with confidence building and just trying to find ways to live with either a chronic condition or scarring or that type of thing. Um, so, so there's a lot of emotional journey that mm -hmm. we go through. Um, there's a lot of psychology, there's a lot of psychiatry. I mean, there's many patients that I've had to refer to a psychiatrist because either the neuro, it's a neurocutaneous disorder mm -hmm. or the psychiatric problem is pushing them. You know, you get something called acne escori. Mm -hmm. These are patients that pick at their skin all the time. We get conditions called dermatitis atifecta, where patients are fixated on an idea that there's something coming out of their skin and they pick it out. So it's things like that and being able to merge, you know, science and medicine, skin conditions with the brain and how brain and emotion functions. So, yes, I am a psychologist. Uh, like, and that's <laughs> what I'm saying. It's, it's such a, a very complex thing because I mean having worked in surgery for extended amounts of time mm. the nice thing is that you open and you take out I think yeah. that's the, the it's, yeah. it's reasonably straightforward of mm. course there's always nuances to everything but mm. when it comes to things like this that have that social political all these other elements it becomes mm. so much more encompassing yeah what have you seen with the adjunct of kind of social media and things like filters and then expectations that are then linked with all of that because mm. i mean i'm sitting here and mm. i might have never mm. seen you in my entire life where yeah. 20 30 years ago but now i see your skin and i'm like that's what i want that's what you come want. in with that expectation and i'm like doc i'm gonna pay you as much as i need to pay you mm. make me look like that social media has been great yep you know it's the one thing that has put a spotlight in dermatology mm. before people didn't actually know what dermatology were or what we did yeah. 
Um, and, I, and, I, and I think we owe it a lot to social media. Uh, but also social media has been really, really dangerous and detrimental Tough. to our field yeah. because all of a sudden we have the perfect face, everybody wants the glow. I mean, everybody wants I, to glow. I want the glow. I didn't even yeah. know what the glow was. I want the glow. Yes, <laughs> everybody wants to glow. Um, yeah, but also I find that it skewed things a bit because people want to look the same and that's not what we are about. We want you to be unique. We want you to be, you know, look different in your own skin, you know. Um, so, yes, everybody wants a pout. Everybody wants a certain jaw that looks square jaw. Everybody wants high cheeks. So I would say social media has kind of really, really uh, tipped the scale when it comes to cosmetic surgery mm -hmm. and cosmetic dermatology uh, and rejuvenation when it comes to things like Botox, fillers, yeah. uh, threads. Um, it's a great learning tool, but then, you know, sometimes that doesn't transpire during consultation because patients, as you say, there's a standard of beauty that has been put out there sure. and everybody wants to fit into that. Whereas if you go back to science, if you look at African beauty versus, you know, Caucasian beauty versus Indian or Asian beauty, we are all so different. different. Yeah. And uh, when we look at beauty as dermatologists, we actually want to mirror what you, your natural beauty is. Mm. Um, and then you get African women looking for big lips because, I don't know, maybe Fezili <laughs> appeared with big lips. But big lips don't look great oh, on no. an African, mm. you know, facial frame. Um, uh, the one that I love is, 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 is the nose because, yes. I mean, a European Stream. nose is always going Stream. to be very, yeah. you know, and you take that and you transform it into an African face. It, look, it looks very, oh, very odd. Yeah. So yes, uh, social media has, has, has put a spotlight in terms of skincare, and I love that. Uh, I love that people are more conscious in terms of what they're doing to their skin. They want to learn more about what we can do to make it better, to make it glow. I love that idea. But I also think that um, it's also given us a whole lot of uh, people who have body dysmorphic disorders. Of course. And I think it, it's, I love the fact that you frame it in that mm. way because it, it makes people think, okay, let's optimize mm. rather than let's make you into something you, you might not. think yeah. that you are yeah. and should be when that is not what you yeah. have a propensity for. But yeah. you also are somebody who knows lasers. And yeah. um, I mean, I've, I, as you said, dermatology is not something that was spoken very extensively in medical school. In training, and unless yeah. you were picked as yeah. a prodigy, yes. clearly... <laughs> <laughs> then maybe yeah. you wouldn't have ventured in yeah. as much outside of the pathological side of yeah. things. So with this kind of adjunct of laser, I've had the benefit of having kind of the moxie treatment to kind of help with um, cell turnover and cell renewal. But if yeah. you had to give a layman's term to everybody at home, are lasers good, bad? Can they be beneficial? They sound like they could be something intense when you say laser, Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, but what would, you, what would you say your intro is for somebody who doesn't understand what so, those are? So lasers are, I would say, they are these devices, energy-based devices mm -hmm. that obviously use light. And light has many uses in the skin. So when we talk about you know, treatment protocols, we always talk about, especially in dermatology, something that you apply to the skin and that maybe, let's say you have a rash, you apply it onto the skin and it fixes it. Sometimes you may take medication by mouth. Mm. Sometimes uh, you may need, because obviously you, you, you're dealing with a layer of the skin and not everything that you take 
is going to reach the skin to do what it what you want it to do and sometimes uh, creams you apply it onto the skin but you know the skin is such a such a tough I mean, organ yeah. that uh, very few things penetrate into the skin so we use lasers to target a certain layer in the skin let's say it's the dermis or it's the hair follicle sure. um, and so we use these energy-based devices it's almost like yeah, it is Star Wars kind of. We shine a light yeah. beam into the skin. It's all, it's all, it's all about wave amplification, mm -hmm. and then we target whatever it is that we want. And usually, we talk about chromophores. Those are our targets. They, these are either your blood, water, or your pigment cells. Okay. Um, and then we can then uh, choose therapeutic wavelengths to treat certain skin conditions. So you can okay. treat things like psoriasis. Uh, where topical creams will not penetrate. penetrate. Mm. You can treat eczemas, you can treat conditions like vertiligo, it's a good one for lasers, wow. um, because obviously, you know, vertiligo can really scar the psyche, yeah. and it's one of those conditions that affect people a lot. So you can now target the actual melanocytes in, in terms of regeneration, it produces Didn't pigment. Um, we can target skin cancers, we can resurface the skin, target wrinkles, and make people look younger. We can target um, hair if we want to remove hair uh, uh, for, for, for hair removal lasers or mm. if we are treating hair disorders. Um, so it really is a, a, and there's a lot going on in lasers. It's one of those, uh, the sciences, there's new sciences every day. But it's, it's basically like a tool that I think uh, is very useful in the hands of the dermatologist who understands the skin because now all of a sudden you can penetrate deeper whereas mm. your creams cannot. cannot and uh, especially... I think now with science, especially for us darker skin tones, most lasers, traditional lasers, were always were always created for the, the lighter tones, skin tones. Yeah. And now with you know science and stuff, we we're starting to uh, t sort of go into wavelengths that can target darker skin tones without causing a burn, mm. without causing injury, which I think is is great. You know, I've uh, definitely, I mean, I've had one or two sessions. It's, yeah. it's quite an interesting experience. And I think, I mean, you'll hear all sorts of other terms, Fitzpatrick this and all these other things. Oh, Fitzpatrick skin Yes, pies. all these <laughs> kind of, uh, you see, even for a doctor, it sounds like a lot of information. Pie. But it yeah. is very beneficial. And I think once that stigma of the fact that it, it's something that's intense and damaging mm. um, is taken away, you realize that it can benefit you so immensely. Yeah. Um, yeah. especially with darker skins because you mm. might not see those in the more traditional advertisements for it. Yes. I have to ask. I feel like I wouldn't ask this. People at home would be mad at me. Have you always had skin this good? And was that what made you seem like such a prodigy? Because nobody said anything about me being... No, I've had... Uh, uh, has uh, it always uh, been this good? No, I've had acne. Really? Yes, I've, I had acne as a teenager. Okay. Uh, no scarring, yeah. clearly. I don't know. You know, the skin regenerates itself. I mean, if you if you do nothing to it, it will heal itself as long mm. as you don't temper too much. Uh, and then I had uh, adult onset hormonal acne. Okay. Uh, so that must have been when I was working. Sure. So I have had acne. Oh, um, I love this. And obviously, everybody that goes into dermatology, you come in with a skin condition and you come out flawless. Looking flawless. <laughs> So if you That's, had to give yeah. me some of the basics, because thankfully I've had the, the privilege of working with colleagues who kind yes. of give me some tips and pointers. My thing used to be this. Put on lotion from head to toe, yeah. out. 
And that was literally me till about fourth, fifth year. Yeah. And people were like, oh, okay, so no sunscreen. Mm. SPF was just a concept I wrote in, in tests. Yeah. I didn't think that there was a difference between this skin and that skin. If you had to tell somebody just some three mm. to five basic things to understand when it comes to routines, and does it need to be 10 routine, like a 10 process thing? Because I see it on YouTube. Mm. There'll be 10, seven yeah. active agents, BHA, AHA, LMNOP. So like, yeah. what would be some of the key things you'd want somebody to know as an introduction? Yeah. I think the most important thing is to keep it simple. Okay. So it's not so a 10 step. 10. Okay. It's definitely sure. not a 10 step. I start people with three steps okay. in the morning and I'll say two steps in, in, in at night. But I think that the most important thing is, yes, there is different skincare routines for the face and then there's different skincare routines for the body. And I always have to emphasize, don't forget the body you know uh, because everybody focuses on the face yeah. and then you actually just focus you, you forget to do something as basic as moisturizing your body which Fair. should be done in the morning and in and at night Fair. um things have become very gentle now we should we used to think that it should be harsh it should sting if it's stinging it's working uh, we should be scrubbing it sounds right uh, to me. you know us uh, yeah. you know with the, you know, different cul cultures have different things they, some people call it loofers we used to call it topo uh, some um, people use the, the second hand sack. Um, sack, uh, sack yeah. holder yeah. yes so that's outdated we don't do that anymore we don't uh, we're not harsh on our skin we don't use harsh ingredients mm. we don't like scrubs that are rough anymore yeah. you know uh, because that we know now damages the skin it damages what we call the skin barrier and that leads to problem so i always say on the face it's a face wash or a cleanser it's a moisturizer and a sunscreen and in order for importance it's your sunscreen that's the most important um because we live in south africa so what and you're saying just is because just because i'm dark pigmented and dark skinned doesn't yeah. mean that i I'm immune to anything that the sunscreen. Well, I hope might be. now you okay. know that no, you, no, you no, need I just, sunscreen. These are the things <laughs> I grew up hearing. I know, I know, no, and the thing is, they still, they still there. Uh, one of the biggest misconceptions is that black people don't need to photoprotect; mm. they don't need to wear sunscreen. Yeah. Uh, and yet, I'm saying that the most important product in your skincare routine is photoprotection. Um, so, as long as you have a wash and a moisturizer and a sunscreen in the morning, I'm happy. And then in the evening, you have a cleanser or your face wash and a moisturizer, I'm happy. Now the other things that come, you know, like you saying hyaluronic acid, this yeah. and this and this and this. Yeah. And this. A lot of so remember when we choose skincare products, we choose skincare products based on skin type. So we don't choose skincare products based on our skin tones. We don't choose because you black, you you know, you do this, or we cho we choose on uh, skin types which are universal. It's combination skin, uh, oily skin, dry right. skin, sensitive skin, and normal skin. So when you choose products, so that's usually the first thing you go into the shelf and you find products that are appropriate for you. Mm. And those are usually basic. So you find a right wash for, let's say for me, combination skin wash, combination moisturizer, and a combination skin sunscreen. Sure. Sunscreen SPF 30 and above for everyone. Oh, and sunscreen should be applied every day, whether you're indoors, whether it's hot, it's a 360. It's like brushing your teeth. 
I would hope everybody yeah. does. Yes. So if you brush your teeth every day, you need to apply sunscreen every day. And that's how, what I teach my patients. Keep it next to your toothbrush so that you remember it's something that you do. Mm. So it's SPF 30 and above and you're good. Now, when you start having problems, you know, not that when you have problems, let's say now you're trying to deal with hyperpigmentation, you're trying to deal with acne, you don't want to age. Mm. So that's where the other steps come in. And the other steps are ingredient-based. Sure. Okay, so you have a wash, a moisturizer, and a sunscreen. Mm -hmm. And then you'll be like, okay, what else? Then I'll be like, okay, what are you trying to achieve? Let's say if you want to, you say, okay, I just want to glow, or I just want a to get rid of my marks, then I'll say, okay, so here are two ingredients that can help you do that. Then I'll say, maybe let's add a vitamin C serum in the morning mm -hmm. or what we call antioxidants. Sure. So these are now antioxidants are these vitamins that help you fight free radicals, yeah. atmospheric aging, and they help you boost, you know, your sunscreens in terms of UV protection. Mm -hmm. So now that becomes step four. There's like four steps. We know even like it went from three steps. to four. I, I mean, hopefully you know? it doesn't get to ten. Yeah. But I can do four. I can do four. But I mean, can you see now from ten steps to just four? That's manageable. You know. And then in the evening, you say, okay, I don't want to age. Uh, pigmentation. Nobody wants to age. Uh, nobody wants to look dull. You know. So I'll say, okay, another ingredient that you can add in the evening is retinol. I'm sure you hear about retinol yeah. everywhere. Retinol. Uh, so retinol is another power ingredient. We love it. Uh, because it's so, it, whether it's acne, whether it's pigment, whether it's fine lines, wrinkles, collagen synthesis, elastin synthesis, it's something that will add in an evening step. Sure. So really, if you keep it short, first of all, you choose skincare products on your skin type, mm -hmm. and then you choose uh, skincare products or ingredients that are going to basically address your skin needs. You are sorted. Four steps in the morning, and... Three steps, three steps in, in the evening. And we always say, what are you trying to do? You're trying to protect the skin. That's where your sunscreens come in. Yeah. You're trying to prevent. So you want to prevent aging, prevent damage. That's where things like your antioxidants, your retinol come in. And you're trying to basically nourish the skin. That's where mm. your moisturizers yeah. come in. Yeah. And it's just basic. The problem comes when you do 10. <laughs> then you run into problems. Listen, I think because I'm somebody who's so, so zealous and throws themselves at things, yeah. I was just like, oh, okay, AHA, BHA, uh, okay, this, that. And I was literally just being there's like, a, okay, I you mean, just a, kind of do... There's a lot of ingredients that have, especially over the past two years with COVID, and, I, and I'm happy that people now speak about AHA, GA, I mean, you know... What is the other one? Oh, Alpha hydroxy acid. Thank you. Yes. But it's not like we, we're not baking here. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It's not like we're adding a teaspoon of A. Um, so the thing about skincare is that it's, it's like you have very smart cleansers and mm. smart moisturizers. So these ingredients that we're separating are actually in, in some of your cleansers, in some of your washes. Uh, 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 and in some of your sunscreens now are starting to put antioxidants in them. Mm. So it's about just knowing knowing your skin type and just getting advice uh, because, we, like, I mean, I, I don't go and say I'm applying an AHA now. My wash has those exactly. things. That's my moisturizer good. has hyaluronic acid. Um, yeah, my serums have vitamin C. Uh, my sunscreen even has something has vitamin C in it. It has hyaluronic acid in it. So it's all there, um, but it's the basic 
principles that is the most important thing. Thank you. I mean, listen, I love that that is also the case because mm. I've spoken to people. It saves me on my wallet as well. Some of these can be uh, quite uh, quite pricey. And yeah. at least we're not going to go down the route of the other stuff, like your nice cinemides and everything else, because I feel like we're going to have you back for other episodes to talk yeah, about things. But that I mean, that's a bit also a great ingredient that's in your wash, that's in your moisturizer. Are you impressed by it, by the way? That I said I'm very impressed Thank that you, you've um, gone through your A to Z of your ingredients. I just wanted care. you to know that I did my research, <laughs> you know, always very enthralled yeah, by any, no, any anybody good. I have yes. here. But before I actually sign out, because all of you guys are going to message me, if you had to give me some corner concepts or key concepts when it comes to handling of acne or pimples for uncles, all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, acne is a big one and um, because it affects most people. Yes. So um, I would say the most important thing, I mean, we spoke about skin type. Most people with acne will have oily or combination skin. So you're looking for um, products that address the oiliness as well as the, 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 the actual lesions of acne. So things like salicylic acid, which mm. you find in your cleansers and in some moisturizers, and now sunscreens are also starting to incorporate salicylic acid in them. Um, and then things like ingredients like benzyl peroxide, which you also find in some cleansers, over-the-counter mm. cleansers, um, as well as over-the-counter preparations of benzyl peroxide are also available. So if you have, let's say at home, you want to cleanse with a cleanser with salicylic acid, you want to apply benzyl peroxide in the morning, and then you want to moisturize, and then you want to apply sunscreen. And the SPF is important because obviously acne leaves a lot of scars. And one of the f earlier scars of acne is either redness or it's darkness or mm. like post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. So your sunscreens are there to sort of prevent the inflammation from the UV radiation, but also to minimize the darkness of the scars. And then in the evening, I always say, again, use the same salicylic acid wash. And if you can get a over-the-counter, also preparation of a retinoid, there are some mm. available. And that is a very important acne fighting ingredient because you want something that will unclog your pores. You want something that will reduce the bacterial overload in the skin. Um, and then you always close off with a moisturizer because we, people with acne always think, I'm oily, so I shouldn't moisturize. Yeah. Whereas dry. if you don't moisturize, you actually irritate what we call your skin barrier, and that actually leads to more breakouts. Mm. So you must hydrate the skin. It's like a protective step um, because the skin only functions when the barrier is optimized. So then it allows it to heal and allows it to function, function at its optimum best. So my top ingredients for acne are salicylic, Silic acid, which you find in your washes, in some of your moisturizers, and in some of your um, sunscreens. Your benzyl peroxide, which you find in some washes and in over-the-counter preparations. Uh, your retinoids, which you find in some over-the-counter preparations as well. And niacinamide, my no, last one, just uh, which you also find. This is multidisciplinary some, team. In some face washes as well as moisturizers. Because before you go, I always yeah. ask this of everybody. It's usually a quick fire. Now, when it comes to you, you are an inspirational person. You are somebody who's doing a lot of work and giving information on social media platforms and, I mean, in real world as well. Could you tell me your top three? 
people that inspire you or you find that should be inspirational to everybody at home so they can oh quickly God. look at them because they want to get more information from people like you. Sorry, don't take um, too long. Number one. Wait, on social media? To you. Be it oh, on social me. media, whichever platform they can gain information. People at home. Number one. Number one. Oh, oh, well. Dr. Koza. <laughs> Okay, so people that inspire me, uh, let me think, on social media is, let's say, Amanda Dambuza, I like her. Amanda very, Dambuza, very I've heard of nice, her, yes, yeah, I've no, heard of her. Uh, I, a lot of dermatologists, I mean, almost all the dermatologists. I have a, 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 a Dr. Michelle names. Henry, but okay. she's an American dermatologist. Um, another one? Yes, three. I can't but let you everybody go. Everybody inspires me. I mean, Ooh, it's, that's it's, not it's, true. I know it's true, but it is true. Um, and I would have to say maybe Professor Mozatlova, who's oh. my who's my uh, uh, my consultant. I love and that friend. she remembers where she comes from, and I'm assuming Prof has yeah. probably got as good skin my as you have. And, and Dr. Koza, thank you so much for sitting down with me. Um, as I you. said, the skin is such a, you already mentioned in the beginning, it's such a, a complex thing to talk about. And I know everybody at home is going to be very interested mm. in how they can build on those steps that you talked about. But I love that you were able to actually get them down to the basics of cleaning, hydrating through moisturizing and of course the SPF if it's at the beginning of the day to mm. protect against any of the sun's uh, rays and damage. So hopefully you'll come back. To all of you at home, I hope that has connected some dots and you guys can look so glowy, so great, so cool. Until mm -hmm. the next episode, it's me, Dr. Fez, going Medchill Movement Connect show out. <laughs>